we're excited you're here. It's called The Source, and we're just kind of going through a lot of the great scriptures about Jesus, and when he's made, he made some of these statements, we're going to be looking at the names of God, and God has different names, not just God, but He's also called Elohim, He's also called Jehovah, He's also called Adonai, and we're going to be doing some good uh, lessons on that. Uh, today's lesson involves a, a topic that you have... Probably, if not every day, every other day. You ever been in a conversation with someone, whether it's your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your kids, and they're not they're not getting what you're saying? Yeah. You know, you have the conversation, you're like, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm, I'm trying, I'm talking English, but they don't understand what I'm saying. And then what happens is that you get in a big argument, a big fight, yeah. because they don't understand where you're coming from. They weren't with you for the last hour or two hours of your life. You're coming in and you're having this conversation and they're totally taken back and are perplexed, don't understand. They get angry. They get frustrated. You get angry. You get frustrated. Why don't they understand what I'm talking about? We call that a fight, right? Then you, then you stop texting for half an hour or two hours with them. Then you uh, leave the house, maybe upset, and come back hours later. Uh, these are some of the interactions that Jesus had with the people who were supposed to be waiting for Him to come, and they weren't understanding Him when He was telling them. Look in your Bibles in, in John chapter 8. We're going to look at one of the I Am statements of Jesus this morning. And hopefully, if you're visiting with us, you'll get a lot out of this and relate a lot to... Sometimes we can misunderstand what church is all about, what, what God is about. And a, lot of, a lot of our perception of churches is that what we grew up in church. And my perception of church growing up was you never clapped your hands, you never spoke to your neighbor until it was appropriately told you from, from the altar to say that. So I grew up with a very different view of God and church and people. And so you may be coming to church for the first time and you're going, I, you know, I, I can, but I'm reluctant to, to understand or get to get involved because how I grew up. So hopefully looking at Jesus and his words, you can relate to some of the people he's interacting with. Okay. So in verse 12 of chapter 8, he says, uh, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. You, you, when I read that scripture, that's crazy talk, right? The people that are around Jesus do not and cannot comprehend what He just said. There are some things in the Bible you're going like, what do you mean, Jesus? Yeah. Well, if we take a little step back of, of, this, of this book of John, this letter that John is writing, a gospel he's writing to Many years back, he's an older man now, he's writing to people like you and me, what do you need to know about Jesus? What do you need to know that's important? He walked with them, he was a personal friend of Jesus, he spent time, he was very close to Jesus. He said, what do you need to know about the Messiah, about God come down from heaven? And one of the things he, he wants you to know is that Jesus is God. He claims to be God in his gospel, many times. They actually tried to pick up stones to kill Jesus. And the only time a Pharisee would do that is if you equated yourself with God, they would try to kill you. And twice in the Gospel of John, they tried to kill Jesus by picking up stones. Because he's claiming to be God, but in human form. That's why they're like, what are you saying? So, but the, the, the Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah. 
but they had some preconceived notions. You ever, you ever go into a situation, like you're going to a movie, and you're I know what this movie's about. And then, and then your girlfriend, your boyfriend drag you to the theater, and you're like, I know what's going about. It's not going to be a good movie. And then you're crying at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's so, so good. I don't know what happened. Right? We all had some kind of experience with yeah. preconceived notions. We've already decided what we're going to feel about someone or something before it even happens. And so they, their preconceived notion was that the Messiah that's going to come from God, he's going, to, he's going to take care of the Roman Empire. He's going to, in fact, throw them down militarily, and we're going to reign again as a monarchy, and we're going to be the kingdom of God on earth again once more. And this Messiah is going to do that. These were good people. These are people that, you know, that wanted to follow the, the Word of God. They wanted to uh, study the Scriptures. And John explains to us that a lot of times our preconceived notion about God or church or Jesus, it blocks us from seeing who He really is. Who He really is. As, as Peter said, He was brave. He was courageous. He wasn't just always carrying a lamb on His shoulder going, Hey, what's up, lamb? How you doing? I love you. He was brave. He was an awesome man. And so the church that, that John is uh, that's filled with both Jews and Gentiles now, John is writing to them. And, 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 and you don't have to turn there, but he gives you the reason why he writes this gospel. And, and the reason he gives is that so you would believe, so you would believe that Jesus is God and He's the Messiah and He came. And that's good news and big news for everyone like us. And in this Gospel of John, there's seven, seven things that are prevalent. One, there's seven miracles in the Gospel of John. There's seven I am's. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And there's also seven statements that Jesus is greater than angels. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, the law, the Sabbath, and the temple. That's to be above those things puts you in a place where you are a deity. You are the living God. And that's the language Jesus is trying to tell His kinship, His, his people. He's the Jewish people he, He's trying to reach. And, they're, and they think He's talking crazy. So let's pick up the story. Or the account. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of day. You know, we walk in darkness all the time. You ever go to somewhere you've never been before? You are basically walking in darkness if it wasn't for your GPS on your phone, right? You're going to a new place. You are walking in darkness because you don't know where, this, where, where your destination is exactly. You're, you're fishing and hopefully you find it. And in verse 13, the Pharisees challenged Jesus. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony, it's not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass on no one. I pass judgment on no one. You see, the people this time, they knew the law. And the law said, if you're going to say something like that, you better have some witnesses. Right? I mean, that makes you kind of credible. You better have a witness or two that's going to really cooperate what you're saying. And what they failed to realize, and what Jesus was telling them, this, even before this interaction, that He is from heaven. He is the manna from heaven. He is God. And they're not vibing that. They think that's crazy. And they're trying to humanize Him, going, no, 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 you're a human, and you need two witnesses. And so they miss what He's teaching. 
You know, when you come to church, you think church is just about coming to church. That's actually, actually more than that. It's living a life that transcends and transforms your character. It changes you completely. Many of you in this room have been transformed radically by the teachings of Jesus. I mean, your life before, you, on that trajectory, you'd be in prison by now. But today, you're, you're, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a friend. You, you know how to follow Jesus. And they could not see the, div- the divine relationship that God the Father and Jesus the Son had together. They were in the dark because they wouldn't take Jesus at His words. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to take the Bible at its word? If it says something, are you willing to take that as a word? Now, you also have to have proper interpretation. You, you can't take things that are not written literally to you know, be taken. So there's, there's certain types of interpretation we need to you know, adhere to in the context of studying the Bible. But I'm talking about the basic teachings of Jesus of follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, go and make disciples. Some of the basic elements, love your enemies. Love, pray for those who curse you. Be loving. Be a father. Be a mother who's engaged with their children. Teach your kids. Love your children. And in verse 16, the interaction goes on. So it's kind of a cool... We get like a little window into this conversation with Jesus and the, and the Jewish leaders and people. And it's kind of interesting just watching this. But if I do judge, Jesus says, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am who testifies for myself, and the other witness is the Father who sent me. Okay. Now Jesus is talking about His Father in Heaven. Look at what they ask. Well, where is your Father? I mean, it's almost slapstick hilarious. Where, where is He? Where, where is Joseph? Where, where is Joseph? His son is acting crazy. He goes, you don't know me or my Father. They're probably going like... I I know your dad. He's over there, right? If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts in the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not come yet. I mean, this is hilarious. They're misunderstanding that Jesus had an earthly father. Correct. He was born of a virgin. But he had a heavenly father. And I'm going to explain something to you. This is a popular concept that people think about God. They think God is a father. He's a son, and then he's the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, whatever they call it. And they're three separate things. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you're going like, how could that, 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 that? you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to understand uh, what the relationship between Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are. I'm going to try to simplify, even though it's a divine concept, it's not easy to explain, but I'm going to do my best to explain so we can understand it. Okay. We know that Jesus is claiming to be God. He's on the first John 1 1. He says, I am the Word. The Word became, you know, walking the earth. The Word was God. So Jesus was the Word. He was. He, it, it is very clear in the scriptures. But it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes the, what has the Father done? It's talking to the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Well, this is actually what it is, in the sense, if we were to put it on paper. It's one God that has three different components or personalities that have distinct functions, they do different things. Okay? Let me give you an example. Um, uh, I, I use this with my children. Just to, I mean, it's limited. It's a limited example, but it's an example that you can try to get a concept. When you look at when you think about an egg, they have an egg. You need three things in it. 
You need the white, you need the yolk, and you need the shell. Without the three together, you do not have an egg. When you light one match, two matches, and three matches, and you put them together, you don't get three separate flames. You get one flame. When you have water, it can be frozen, it could be into mist, evaporation, and it could be liquid. Okay, three different functions. It's kind of a limited illustration, but this is the relationship with the God is. He's a Father component, there's a Son component, and there's a Holy Spirit component. Versus, there are three separate, three different gods. They're actually one God with different functions. The Holy Spirit came after Jesus went to heaven to, to live inside of us, to help us fulfill God's will. The Father sent down the Son. And so when you hear this God the Father, the Son of Man, and the Holy Spirit... All of them you can think of as one God with three different components. I hope that helps. I'm trying to, you know, that's a, that's a difficult one to explain, but this is what the, the Jewish are like mystified. Where's Joseph? Where's your dad? No, I, I got a dad in heaven. He sent me down. He's trying to explain, I'm from heaven. And they didn't, ex- they didn't get that. Right. They had a difficult time processing that. It was very hard for them. Now, um, let's continue. In verse 20, 21, once more... Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He, and you you will indeed die in your sins. You know, Jesus is trying to explain, and this is a concept that I want you to grasp, He's in the world, but not of the world. When we decide to be a follower of Jesus, we decide to be in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not like the world. We're not a part of the world. But we're just in it. We live, our home is in heaven. And if you're a follower of Christ, a disciple, that is kind of your attitude. My home is not here. I don't want to invest in the, the things that will pass away. I want to, My home is in heaven. Amen. I'm in another world. And that's when Jesus says, hey, I've come down, but I'm not from here. I'm from I'm heaven. I'm from above. And they're like, what? That's crazy. To them, this was like a concept they just could not get their minds and hearts around. And for us, 20, in the 21st century... We're like, it's a no-brainer. Come on, duh. But yeah, we have, we have the whole Bible now. It's all complete. We live in, we live in the future of, of, their, of, their, of their present. But at the present time, it was difficult for them. It was hard for them. It was not easy to put your faith in the Messiah. So it was a big leap of faith. And for us, the leap of faith comes not only with just believing in Jesus, but applying His teachings. That's a different story. So, there's this barrier of unbelief. And unbelief is meaning that they, these people will die in their sins. They will die because they do not believe in Jesus. They are not taking Him at His word. So He says, you will die in your sins. And that's kind of hard to hear. But there will be people on earth that will die not believing in Jesus. And these people, He says, you're going to die not believing. Because they had a barrier. And that was unbelief. And in verse 25, they asked this question. Who are you? You're from... Who are you? It's a question of like exasperation. Joseph's not your dad. Does some guy in heaven's your dad? Who are you? Yeah, earlier they thought he was a prophet. They knew that Jesus grew up in Galilee around Nazareth. They knew that. They knew his dad. They knew his mom. Right? They knew the Messiah 
was born way down south in Bethlehem. Let me show you a picture. So they knew, they knew that Jesus grew up here. He's from there. There's Nazareth. They knew the Messiah had to be from here or born here. Isaiah, one of the one of the famous prophets of the Old Testament, and of Scripture, they knew about the Messiah. Said this. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. And then he goes on to describe uh, that the Messiah will come, the Holy God, the Counselor, the King of Kings will come. Now, being a Pharisee and knowing this passage, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, you're going, where is that, Geo? Well, it's actually... Now, if you overlay this map, this is the map of the, of the time when Jesus was alive. There's Galilee, there's Nazareth, here's Samaria, there's the Lake of Galilee, and then look at the map overlaying Sea of Galilee, and where is Na- Na- Zebulun, where is Naphtali, and then Nazareth, Galilee is in the same area. God all along told, told his prophets, through his prophets, that the, the Messiah is going to have a ministry up here. But where Jesus was born, he was born, as we know, in Bethlehem. Because the Roman emperor had called for a census. And Mary and Joseph had to go all the way down through this place to be in Bethlehem, which was the hometown of Joseph, and he had to be born. So, just to give you now, we have the advantage of knowing this. They should have known this. They missed it. The Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. But yeah, he was from Galilee. So they're going, they're thinking, they jumped the gun. Wait, he's from Galilee. But he was born in Bethlehem. That was the big difference. Look at verse 26 with me. Just what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I've heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. That's the function of the Father to the Son when we think about God. He's instructing the Son to speak on His behalf of God. That's His fun- That was the Son's function, was to come down, speak the words, and be a sacrifice for all of us. The one who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. And then he says something that may be unbelievable to you, as it was to the Pharisees at this time. And this is probably one of the hardest passages for a modern day Christian to swallow. In verse 31, to the Jews who had jumped and put faith in Jesus. That's a big jump. Okay, okay. You're from God. You're from heaven. I believe what you're saying. I I don't know how uh, all this, but I believe it. They made that jump. To those who made that big jump, look what he says. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Jewish people would die in their sins 
Because they didn't put their belief in the Messiah being Jesus. For us who believe, just like the Jews, for us who have, who have made the claim that I'm a Christian, for us who have said, hey, I have decided to follow Jesus, He doesn't just stop at, oh, I believe in Jesus. He says to the Jews who had believed in Him, if, you know, you, know, you know you don't like that word if? I'll like you if you like me back. You know that if? You don't get a cookie until until you if only if you clean your room. You know that if word? You only get a you only can go to university from a junior college if you pass your classes. Right? There is an expectation that if you don't do it, you will not be it. It says to the Jews who had believed in Jesus, if you hold to my teachings, if you claim to be a Christian and you believe in Jesus, he says this to you too. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Jesus is aiming at your life being changed. He's not impressed by your intellectual belief in Him. That's not what impresses Jesus. Two times in the Gospels, Jesus says to someone who was not a Jew, you have great faith. One was to a centurion soldier whose servant was sick. And Jesus would all come down and heal him. He goes, no, 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 just say it and it will be done. Just say the word. Because your word matters. And Jesus goes, you have great faith. And to a woman whose daughter was sick. And Jesus says, I'm not going to give you any bread from the, from, the, from, the, from the master's table. But even the dogs eat the crumbs. Humble. You have great faith. You're persevering. To those who believe in Jesus in this room, you're only as followers if you hold to the teachings. Sometimes that goes like this, huh? I held on this week. Or maybe I just want to, I'm, I'm satisfied with just believing. I come to church, I believe. Jesus says you'll die in your sins. That's not enough. Jesus says you have to hold to them. Grasp them. Never let go of them. Because that's our unbelief. For us, unbelief is not applying the teachings of Jesus. For them, it was just the concept of, do I believe you're the Messiah? For us, it is the concept of, am I applying? Because if I'm not applying what you're teaching Jesus, then I really do don't believe you. Because if I really believed you, I would apply it. You know how you believe your doctor? Take these pills or you're dead. Every day, every day, every day, every day. I mean, the doctor's like, we listen to everything he says. Exercise, jog. I got exercise, got jog. Blood pressure, blood pressure. We're all, we get all crazy and, and, and follow the doctor's teachings. How, how much are we like that with Jesus' teachings? Good question. We put so much stock in a, in a human doctor that's never going to save you. You'll die in your sins listening to him all day, right? He'll keep you living longer. And we take so much stock. Oh, it's got to be organic food. Oh, pesticides. Man. And we're like honing, oh, it's unorganic? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Scriptures, unacceptable. If you don't hold to the teachings. We do it in everyday life. But you only do what you have convictions. You only do what you have convictions about to do. Yep. Otherwise, you won't do it. 
Where is your convictions about applying the Bible? That's belief. It's not intellectual. You know that sincerity and truth aren't on equal terms? Yeah. Right? I'm so sorry I murdered your family. I'm going to do it again. I really don't mean it. And I'm crying about it. I don't want to. Right? Sincere? But put that dude in jail, right? Yeah. Just because I'm sincere doesn't mean it's truthful. I love Jesus and I'm crying. I'm raising my hands up with the music. And I'm going to church. But I live by by my own terms. It's sincere but not truthful. We do it all the time. And the, the scripture says something about sincerity and truth aren't on equal footing. Sometimes the truth is actually hard. And sincerity is kind of easy. So when he says to this, and he says to us, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness again. You'll never have to doubt. You never have to worry about where you're going. Before I came to church, I would constantly worry about, man, if I got in a car crash, would I make it? And I would just judge it on the last six days. I'm like, oh, I'm good, man, I'm good. <laughs> and there are some days where I'm like, am I going to heaven today? I'm going like, oh, dude, I hope it doesn't happen today because I, I will not make it. And that was kind of my spiritual life. Was like, I was wondering, depending on how my week was, whether I'd be in heaven or not. And Jesus says, you don't have to walk in darkness like that anymore. I'm the light of the world. Put your faith and trust in me. So this summer, we have a chance to share the good news. To really believe His words. To put them into practice. If you hold to my teachings, then you're really my disciples. Well, why? Because He's the light of the world. Whoever follows Him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.